frequency of heaven I want to be. Good morning and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. I pray you're having a good start to your week. And um, I'm out here in the church park. It is a glorious day. What is it? It is 72 degrees and a little bit of a breeze. You can probably hear the birds in the background. And um, today I want to do a podcast. I want to talk to you about the prophets who had to eat the scrolls. (laughs) There's a couple times in scripture where some prophets are eating some scrolls. I love to find the kind of these obscure things, but it really ties into our whole theme on the podcast about being on the frequency of heaven. And by the way, we're going to have some more interviews. I got a couple people lined up. Actually, there's some ladies from church who, two of them, they're having surgery this week, but I'm going to have both of them on the podcast soon, and we'll get back to doing some interviews. But for today, you're going to do a do a lesson just entitled, Why They Have to Eat the Scroll. And so let Let's pray and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your truths. I thank you for your grace. And Father, I ask that you just bring a humble, kind, supernatural, outpouring spirit. And I pray for a fresh baptism of fire and love. God, I pray that everyone listening would be encouraged and and get what they need. And Lord, we know that mercy, James 2.13, triumphs over judgment. And God, I just pray that you would come with power and might and and give Give us mercy for people who are not well in Jesus' mighty name. Let me read to you a couple kind of strange stories. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 3. Now we have these, what we call the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. They're not really called major because they were like better guys or did more important things. They're called major because their books are longer. And uh, actually, Hosea is about as long as Daniel, I think. But we call these guys the major prophets. Ezekiel's one of them. Love the book of Ezekiel. A lot of strange things happen. But he is asked to prophesy to some people who don't want to listen. I, when I think of Ezekiel, I always think of the guy who is out there preaching and teaching and nobody's repenting, no one's getting saved, the church is, seems to be dying, and you think, what's wrong with that preacher? Well, this particular preacher, he was doing everything God told him to do, and he was told up front, they're not really going to listen to you, Ezekiel, but I want you to speak so later on they know they had their chances and that my righteousness was going forth. And, but also that there's going to be a remnant and there's going to be reconciliation and redemption eventually. Well, in chapter 3, in one of these passages where Ezekiel is being told to go preach, but people aren't going to listen to you, he's asked to eat the Bible. And we're going to see it again in Revelation 10 with the Apostle John. So let's read here, Ezekiel 3. Why do these guys have to eat the Bible? And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So the idea is the words that he's going to have to speak, God has them written down on a scroll. And he's going to eat the scroll. He's going to take it in. And it's symbolic when a preacher's in his study reading the word, he's taking it in, he's taking it in. We don't literally eat it, but we're spiritually feasting on the word of God. And sometimes we get a fresh word, an awesome word, and a word of encouragement like I have for you today. And it's just fun. It's really fun to share it. But sometimes like Ezekiel, uh, even though it's like honey going down, it's not necessarily like honey when we give the word. So it says, I'm giving you, uh, and you fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey. 
in my mouth. And so receiving revelation, getting on the frequency of heaven, it's like, honey, God's speaking to me. Oh, I got a word. I got a word of knowledge. And and that is cool. And God gives you images and words and scripture. And to receive it, you feel, feel so close to him in the prayer closet when you're getting the word. It's like, honey, but giving the word sometimes is not. Then he said to me, son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. You are not being sent to a people of obscure speech and strange language, but to Israel. Not uh, to many people of obscure speech and strange language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I had sent you to them, they would have listened. But But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate, but I'll make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. And I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are rebellious people. All right, now go to Revelation 10. Here's another prophet has to eat the word of God. Now, uh, you, you just take a, when we're done here today, you can read the whole, push pause right now and you can read the whole chapter. I'm just going to jump in at verse nine of revelation 10 this is cool though because we have an angel it's a mighty angel and he has got one foot on the land and one foot in the sea he's a big angel (laughs) verse nine so i went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll he said take it and eat it well that sounds familiar it will turn your stomach sour but in your mouth will be sweet as honey well that sounds familiar too that's how it was to ezekiel it was sweet going in but it's not necessarily fun to share now John has revelation of doom and destruction and all these things that are going to happen. It's not necessarily fun to share the word and people may not receive it very well, but it's awesome to receive revelation from the Father. Put your head on his shoulder and the God of all heaven talks to you and gives you a word. Even worship leaders sometimes might feel like, man, God, you really gave me these songs and you know what that's like to receive. And God's leading me. God's speaking to me. Then I was told, you must prophesy again, many people, many nations, languages, and kings. So what's the deal here? Well, the deal is sometimes we are asked by God to help people who are not well. And it's hard. You know, when you're a parent, sometimes your kids need to be confronted. They need to be rebuked. (laughs) They need accountability and maybe some discipline. Sometimes they just need healing and comfort. And as a preacher, it's hard to know sometimes. Now, I want to tell you a story. And uh, let's look at James 2.13. These guys are being given, you know, Ezekiel's having to preach to people who don't want to listen. John is somewhat preparing the church for oncoming persecution. So the word that John is getting that is sweet as honey, but it's bitter once he gets the scroll in him, is symbolic of the revelation you're getting from the Lord is nice and sweet. But when you go to share, hey, you know, we got all these things coming, the the Antichrist is on the move, that's not going to be real fun to necessarily share those kind of things with people. Not that everyone he's sharing it with have done something wrong, but something bad is coming. And so it's, a, it's kind of a hard thing to share. So here I want to share this verse. This is a very powerful verse. I have had this on my board in my office all year long. I felt like the Lord gave me to start my year. James 2.13. Well, let's just read 12 and 13. James chapter 2. 
and this is for any prophet, anybody speaking for God, anybody hearing God, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. We need to be those like Jesus came to set captives free. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful. Here's, here's the key phrase. Mercy triumphs over judgment. There is a song, I can't remember if it's Mercy Me or Casting Crown, that that um, has this phrase in it over and over, mercy triumphs over judgment. It's really, really powerful verse. It's a powerful when it's sung. And you know, a Jesus could have had judgment when he is there on the cross. He could have said to the Roman soldiers, you guys are in sin. Jesus from the cross could have looked down at the guys crucifying him and started just to pinpoint, you've been doing this. I saw you when you did. You know, he could have just called out all their names and exact sins and everything they've been doing. But instead he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It says Romans chapter two, that mercy, that kindness leads people to repentance. We need to call people out on their stuff sometimes. We need to, um, you know, bring forth truth and the word of God is useful for teaching, correcting, and rebuking and training in righteousness. So we, we, we have to do those things. But there's something so powerful about mercy triumphs over judgment. And when John took in this revelation and it, it's like sweet like honey, but then it's bitter, you know, he's he's taking in some hard things, but he also, more probably than Ezekiel, he had to stay in mercy because these people are going to be suffering so bad. And Jesus, you know, says here, I want to do one more scripture before I start telling some stories. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Now, I was in Luke 5 on Sunday, but this is further down in the chapter. Very, very familiar. Okay, you already know this is a very familiar passage here that I'm going to read to you. This is, um, verse is, well, just, this is the call of Levi, but Luke 5, 31. As that they were questioning Jesus as to why he was eating and drinking with sinners and tax collectors. So Jesus responds in verse 31 of Luke 5, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Now, the the point where I'm trying to get to is, um, you know, sometimes God will give you a word for someone and they're not well. They need mercy. And, And sometimes when you're receiving revelation, God will speak to you and it's awesome to get on the frequency of heaven to hear something. And then you're supposed to speak. You're supposed to do something one-on-one or or lead a song or or speak to someone. You don't know exactly what the impact is going to have on those people. And sometimes, um, even though it was like honey coming in, to people listening, there could be deep conviction. Uh, there could be sorrow. But people are hurting. People are are not well. And sometimes people are sick, and we don't know it. Last night, I was um, I was watching this basketball game. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little clip into the the church email so you can watch this happen. But during the Lakers Golden State game last night. Uh, the Golden State Warriors come down to four. They they are known as one of the best passing teams in all of the National Basketball Association. Now, this is the playoffs. These are grown men. Everyone on the floor is a multimillionaire. And one of the Warriors, one of their star players, got the ball. Now, these guys are so organized, and everybody has their place on the floor. They pass the ball so quick. 
and he got the ball and he passed it to where a teammate was supposed to be, but there was nobody. I mean, nobody was around. The ball went sailing into the audience. Actually, one of the coaches on the front row caught it, and everyone's laughing. And this guy's name who threw the ball, his name is Draymond. And Draymond was probably a little embarrassed, and, and there was people kind of laughing. Everyone was like, what are you doing? Well, what had happened? Now, he, what he did was he was working off instinct and speed and trusting his buddy to be where he was supposed to be. His buddy wasn't there. Well, the, the announcers didn't catch it. I didn't see this happen. No one saw. In fact, I didn't hear anything about it until later. I didn't watch the whole game. I had to look up this morning. Where they went down the floor. Basketball is a five-on-five game. When they went down the floor, one of their guys off to the side had exited and and gone to the locker room. He didn't call timeout. He didn't get a replacement in the middle of play. When the Golden State Warriors went down, they only had four guys. <laughs> the fifth guy that Draymond was trying to pass it to was gone. <laughs> and so it, it was kind of a big thing on the news and things today. Well, uh, what happened was that we think that Gary Payton got sick to us. I don't know, you know, if he had the flu or what. He ends up coming back and playing later, but he he made a beeline for the locker room and probably, you know, lost his supper and then came back and played. But when Draymond went, here's the point: when Draymond went to pass that ball, and people were laughing at him for making a mistake, he didn't make a mistake in the sense we think of. You know, sometimes a prophet will preach and the result is not glorious. The result doesn't get you what you want because maybe the people are hard-hearted. Maybe people are about to receive a, a time of trial. And the message that's going out is hard. And, and people might look at you funny. I'm sure that many people, with Jeremiah too, I mean, Jeremiah was beat up and thrown into a cistern and, and, and left in that, that old well. A lot of these prophets were mistreated. They got a word from God. It's awesome to get on a frequency of heaven, but then when you go to pass that word on to somebody, it's not well received. But he, here's the point that I wanna get. Sometimes when people are not properly receiving the word of God, it's easy for me to get in judgment. But mercy triumphs over judgment. Jesus says in Luke 5.31, he came for the sick. He came, not for the healthy. He came for the sinners. Being prophetic people, being those who want to hear God, being those who want to get on the frequency of heaven, we are accepting an assignment. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to witness. I am going to do things that are not always well received, but I have to be faithful in that. And let me give you a story. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share this story. I haven't thought about this. I'm not sure I really ever shared this story. Such a strange thing happened because I don't always see and hear things uh, from the spirit like this. It was super cool to receive. This was like honey, the revelation was, but then sharing it did not <laughs> go so well. But the Lord wanted me to guard my heart, not get bitter, and to let mercy triumph over judgment. Uh, what happened was, I was getting ready to preach, oh, probably 12 years ago. 12, yeah, it had to be 10, 12 years ago. That morning, uh, in prayer, I saw distinctly uh, I didn't see any faces. I couldn't make out any people, but I saw a figure 
come up behind another person, kind of like a police officer going to go handcuff some people with their hands behind their back. But instead of putting hands, this person uh, came behind an unexpected person. They grabbed their right hand from behind them. They twisted it and brought it up into the small of their back. Kind of like you're taught to do as police officers or maybe in a, in a self-defense course. Because that is a position of authority. It's a position of power. You kind of demobilize, immobilize the person. They can't really move because if you're kind of twisting on their arm, it really hurts. And so, you know, it's a good way if you're dealing with a criminal, I think. But I felt distinctly like this was a dis- domestic violence kind of thing and like whoa and and I just saw like a three second video of this happening in my mind as I'm praying before church one Sunday it's so random so like whoa and I didn't know anybody in our church that that their marriage was in trouble or they're having domestic violence like that or the kids were being mistreated I I didn't see anything like that but I saw it And so I said, Lord, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what you want me to do with that. But during the invitation, if you want me to, to share that, invite people for healing, maybe it's a figurative that you've had, you know, I thought in my mind, maybe it, it's just figurative. Like someone has had an authoritative figure kind of be abusive to them. Uh, or maybe it's literal. Maybe someone's had someone grab their arm and do that and bully them in some way or whatever. I said, Lord, if you want me to share that, I'm not going to write it down or anything. I, you, Father, you just bring it to my mind right as I go into invitation and I'll share it. Well, sure enough, that morning I preached my normal sermon, but right as I go into invitation, boom, that popped back into my head. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to release this word. And, you know, it was really cool. It was like honey receiving that, getting on the frequency of heaven that morning. And God speaking to me, showing me vision. It was so cool, you know. <laughs> but sometimes it's bitter coming out. So I share that message. And no one came forward for prayer. No one, no one came forward for, for healing or, or anything like that. So I go, well, boy, I can't remember if this guy called me or emailed me, but he was livid. And I, to this day, I don't know. I, this this particular individual was 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 very much a knucklehead, and I I do know that this individual was very much estranged from his own earthly father. He didn't talk to his earthly father anymore. They had had a falling out and arguments, and it was very bitter, very very bitter. So I don't know, maybe, maybe if his dad did him, but he was very angry that I shared this. It, it really bothered him, and he didn't think that was appropriate. And I, I mean, all I could think was, I don't know how, and I don't know what the spirit was doing with that, but that hit a nerve, something. And maybe, maybe this guy has done that to somebody else. I don't know. I still to this day don't know. But the way he reacted, but you know, sometimes when you go to the chiropractor, that chiropractor might adjust you and he might be doing the exact right thing, but it hurts. You know, physical therapy, sometimes it's the exact right thing, but it hurts. Uh, Surgery can eventually lead to great healing, but initially it hurts. And I just felt like the Lord, you know, with this particular individual, when they called me and really or an email, they really uh, were angry and, and attacked me and accused me and, and of these things. And, and the Lord gave me peace about it. Um, more so than normal, I think. Like I, I look back at those, like I, I, usually I don't handle it real well with people or get that. I really did love this man and I knew he'd had a hard, he'd had a hard time with some things in his life. And I think I just kind of naturally had more compassion on him. But um, in the, in that moment, I feel like maybe mercy was triumphing over judgment. And here's the thing. This guy eventually left the church 
And he he probably three or four times. I, I Once, I'm pretty sure he was trying to get me fired. He wrote this big, long letter to the elders of all things I was doing wrong. And this guy was so bent out of shape. But I, he, um, as far as mercy, transform, judgment, and you're trying to help the sick, you know, we Jesus came for the sick. If you come and you receive and you're trying to help people and they're not well, they're not always going to receive the word of God, the medicine God wants to give and jump up and down and, and kiss your forehead. You know, I mean, sometimes you can do right with God. You can be doing the right thing that God wants with a humble heart and people don't respond well. And, but that doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. You have to discern, maybe you did do something wrong, but um, you have to discern. But this guy, when he went to leave the church finally, he wanted to have a meeting with me. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm putting on the full armor of God for this, you know. Well, he wanted to meet. I was right before or after church. So I thought, and it was in a church building. So I thought, well, hopefully it won't be too bad. And I already knew. He already told me he's leaving the church. He and his family, they're leaving. They're done. Done with us. Um, but he sat down. And it was one of those awkward moments because he, he was still very certain that all the things he'd said about me were true. But he said, you know, because one of the beautiful things was, with, and again, I have not all, I have more stories of losing my temper and reacting than this. But this is one of those guys where I, I with him, I just never really reacted. I just kind of, you know, I knew he was hurting. I knew he wasn't well and God was doing something I couldn't see. But um, he thanked me. He wanted to thank me um, for being gracious. And then he, he apologized and he was very clear. I'm not apologizing for what I said. <laughs> he said, I'm apologizing for how I said a lot of the things that I said. And I appreciated that. At least he was acknowledging that his methods of communication were not very godly. And when he left, um, I just felt like the Lord said, you know, Caleb, people are going to come into your life and your goal may not be fully to cast out every demon and to heal everything. Your goal is to get them, you know, you want to leave them better than you found them. This guy came, you know, I felt like the Lord showed me, you know, this guy came to your church very, very, very angry. And, you know, through you, he has come a ways in his healing process. And he's realized because, I, I felt like the Lord was saying this to me, because you didn't react and get angry with him, his, he, he left the church clearly, as he shared with me, under conviction that he had let his anger get out of control and, and uh, affect how he was saying stuff. So he, he was leaving with knowledge that he had some anger issues that he needed to deal with. And, and, you know, if that's all I was able to help him with, well, praise God, you know, because maybe the next preacher was able to help him with actually getting down to the core. But see, we don't, we don't always know when we touch a nerve, you know, uh, how many of you have gone up to someone, you give them a big hug and your heart is love, but they had a sunburn under that t-shirt you didn't see and it didn't feel like love to them. And the word of God can be like that. Helping people can be like that. Our goal is when they react and, and they're, they are coming against us, we have to let mercy triumph over judgment and let the grace of the Lord slowly, it might take decades to get them to a better place, but God doesn't want us reacting. We, we have to be prophets who eat the word of God. It's sweet as honey. It, it's awesome when he speaks to us. It's awesome when we get the word. It's not always great going, it's sometimes it's bitter. After we are ministering it, that's okay. That's part of the job description. That's one of the little secrets of getting on the frequency of heaven. You were not always told is, 
um, you know, sometimes we're doing what we should be doing, even though it may not be received that well, but we can't stand in judgment. People are not well. And, and we have areas of our life we're not completely healthy. And Jesus has helped us. And it's part of our assignment. And there's a grace in it. There's a beauty in it. And so I really felt I was supposed to share that with you today. And I, it's, it's random. I know. I don't know who this might encourage or help, but I, I hope it helps someone. But keep getting on the frequency of heaven. And I want to say this. There's a temptation to think that if God, you know, I want to get on the frequency of heaven. It's awesome. It's sweet like honey when he speaks to me. And we, we think it's all a bed of roses after that. Sometimes God, he wants to share with us secrets of men's hearts and he wants us to pray or maybe say something. Sometimes it's our own repentance. Hearing God's voice, you know, if we're faithful with a little bit, he'll give us much. Sometimes he tests us. If I'm going to give you this, you have to be faithful with it. It's not just our, our, you know, awesome time in the prayer closet here in God. He wants to know, are we going to be faithful with his word? The prophets had to be faithful. And sometimes um, how we use it, you know, there, there's times you might be, you really were supposed to share your faith. That person rejected you. They, they didn't talk to you anymore, but you planted a seed. And, and something good happens later. So it's not always fun to to get to speak for God. Sometimes there's a, a price to pay, but there's beauty because we're working hand in hand with the Father. And uh, it's one of the ways that we just walk closer with Jesus and and he uses us and he's worthy. He's worthy if we if we suffer for it a little bit. So I just, I pray this has been a blessing. I pray you're encouraged. I, I, I just gonna say a prayer here and, and ask God to touch you, to give you a good week. Father, I just pray, I pray yeah, Ephesians 1, 17, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And Father, if there's someone around us, they're not healthy, they're not whole, and we're tempted to be in judgment. Maybe um, we have been embarrassed or, or we feel bad or there's, but really the issue is they're not whole. They're not healthy. God, speak to us. Give us freedom. Give us deliverance from that. Let mercy triumph over judgment. Help us not to, uh, to miss that and to have compassion for them and to only say what you say, but when we are supposed to encourage them, Father, show us when, show us how, give us your grace, give us your love, fill our hearts. Bless these listeners to have an awesome week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. On the frequency of heaven, I want to be on the frequency of Christ, I want